Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are tuning in from, we would like to welcome you to the Unmeasured Podcast and Experience, where we truly believe the journey to eudaimonia starts with one measured step at a time. I'm your host, Derek. And I am your host, Abdil, also known as Buddy. Uh, Buddy, we're on episode four now, man. This is a milestone. This is a milestone. This is a testament to consistency. Because you know what they say, right? 21 days and it's a habit. So oh, let's go. Let's it, go. This might just be a heaven now. What do you think? Yeah, I think we're definitely in a groove, moving in the right direction. It's just trusting the process and um, just enjoying us being here, being present, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Speaking of groove, that third episode, man, uh, when I go back and listen to it, probably one of the highlights of of the first half of 2023, just having the experience to share with somebody on air. Right. You know, live first time we've done it and for it to have flown, flowed that well. Uh, was just yeah, that blessing. was one take. Yeah, it was just a blessing, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it just shows you when you're having organic conversations and you're you're talking to people who have, you know, have a similar mindset and is moving in a direction that is what we consider as unmeasured. Yeah. You know, you just start to to find a lot of similarities, synergies that just organically exist. And it's like the best thing ever, I think. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When you can find somebody to complement the same energy that you're putting out in the world, I mean, it's always a good conversation. And having Nasser on there last week was was a was, you know, was amazing. Um he he's my cousin, right? So I've seen him from when I when I was little. I've never seen him when he was little because he's older. Um, <laughs> but from since well, I was little, pictures yeah, yeah, exactly, in the photo right? albums, <laughs> and so it was. It was amazing to see, you know, how when he was describing different parts of his story, I can kind of recall from my memory him at those particular points in time, right? Um, yeah. so that was it was good, you know, almost like a I don't want to say outer body experience because it wasn't like I was you know mystified, but um, it was just it was just nice to see um and connect those pieces together. But what was it like? We didn't really jump into that. Um, so at that time, you were essentially the bottom 33%, right? So you were, <laughs> you were the mentee. You're the person looking up at someone who is yeah. following their dreams, uh, betting big on self. Um, so how, what was that like for you to just you know be in the house, to be in that environment? Honestly, you don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. At the time when he was doing all those things with the computer, I just thought he was being a nerd, right? He's he's just doing whatever he enjoyed. He was just being Nasser for for all intents and purposes. Yeah. It's not until after that you realize that he's really building something for himself, and especially at that age, right? We're talking Nasser and I have a big, pretty big age discrepancy. So uh, we're talking like when I'm, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, into the preteens. Well, I'm not really comprehending all of the hard work that he's putting in is going yeah. to, towards something greater, right? I'm more and how he's showing on. up. Exactly. You're seeing the outcome, but you're not paying, uh, seeing like the mm-hmm. details that are actually forming waves over time. Exactly. Um, and what it means to be impactful, to make a difference. Yeah. But the thing is, those that kind of information is received almost unconsciously, right? I'm probably yeah. seeing it and my brain is processing it. And I may not know what it means, but later in life, you're going to pull on those memories. You're going to pull on those experiences to kind of make the decisions that you make uh, further down in life. And, you know, I'm, I'm just happy that 
as my brain was churning, you know, as I got older to figure out what I wanted to do, that was probably part of the process of, you know, pulling from those experiences, watching somebody yeah. else do it, you know, get into computers, um, really interested in computer science, and then use that as my vessel or as an av- a possible avenue for me, exploring it and then landing on something that I actually liked. I think that's, that's you know, that's just, that's, awesome. that's fate. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the other thing, I think it's important. So there's a point that you made Mm -hmm. um, around like sometimes you don't notice what's going on. And I think it's awesome that we have this platform where we can start to, you know, provoke the thoughts of the people who have the ability to pay attention to the the people that they are influencing, right? Whether it's a younger cousin, uh, you know, a young friend, friends of the family, Mm -hmm. whoever that person is, um, to, to recognize that as an opportunity to to, uh, you know, provide and share knowledge. Um, so even, as you know, last week I was in Connecticut. Yeah. And I was uh, speaking to a group of seventh graders. Um, so six different classes and they had us in rotation. And for me, you know, I think, you know, at that at that point, you know, when you're talking to, uh, you know, seventh graders, you, you don't want to give too much. You don't want to also, you don't want to be too high level where yeah. that the point is being missed. So my common theme um, that I wanted to make sure was clear, like if they remembered anything at all, mm-hmm. was to be curious and then to mm-hmm. also understand you're in the seventh grade, but don't don't think that just because you are th- at the age that you are today that you're not impacting someone else. Yeah, which which is that younger sibling, younger cousin, or someone that is in the sixth grade or the fifth grade, right? You know, so it's important, you know, and. You know, and, and you could see as I was having a conversa- conversation with them that, you know, certain things like you could see that they were starting to think. That and, wheel you know, starting to spin. Exactly. Right. So and then to also just understand that that 33 uh, percent rule exists at every stage in life. You know, um, I, I think even if you're a baby, right, your ability to influence people who are first time parents, mm. you know, and you don't think about it that way, but there are behaviors that parents bef- before they had that child they may have may not have you know did these particular things or thought a certain way or worked or had you know put fire behind certain actions and and goals that they set. But when that child comes in uh, comes onto the earth, you know, and is now here, it, now they're influencing them, saying that hey, you need to provide, you need to make sure I'm eating consistently, and you also need to show me that. You know, the options that I have in the world that is presented to me is one that is limitless. And it, the only way I'm going to believe that is if you create an environment for me to see it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I think I think what you're saying is very powerful, right? Um, even from the beginning where you're talking about children don't even realize their effect on their parents um, and how they're contributing to that 33% rule that we were talking a little bit about last week. I think the most interesting thing that you said was the baby thing. Cause I'm not, I wasn't even thinking that deep, but you're right. You're, you're absolutely correct. You have a baby here. You have a first time parent, something that they've never experienced. That baby is also, you know, giving you a bunch of information for you to learn off of. Yeah. They uh, say that baby is a boss, right? The it's baby's the a boss. boss. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's crazy how it works. Yeah, it is. It is crazy how it works, man. And and you, and you can really expand on that topic to go into a bunch of different places. Um, I'm just trying to recall, I was listening to um, a sermon the other day and he's talking about 
you know, the difference between honoring and obeying your parents, right? Because there's a difference there. But I don't want to jump too far into that. Um, I want to take a step back. Another episode. Yeah, we, yeah. we can save that for we can save that gem for another episode. But I, I definitely want to take a step back and go into something that we talked about a little bit last week that I thought was really important, and yeah. it's this concept of the PSSM, the PSSM that Nasser mentioned. Right? Yeah, that that acronym that he mentioned. Because after he said it, I went back, looked it up, you know, tried to think about is that something that I'm applying effectively. Right, because we talked about a little mm. about the thirty-three percent rule. That's something that we generally understand. It's a concept that we have a good grasp of, and we're always looking to find new things to learn from and better our experiences in life. And the PSSM, I had never thought to, you know, plan uh, make it applicable yeah. on a day-to-day or in some form of cadence, mm-hmm. and to reflect that. Yeah, yeah. And for those that you know don't know what it is uh, or haven't listened to the episode, which you should do. Um, the P Definitely. stands for physicality. Mm-hmm. Two S's. One is for the social aspect of your life. The other is for the spiritual. spiritual aspect of your life. And then the M stands for the mental. Right. Um, yeah. So we can just so, go, we can just really go down that list and talk about you know, each different stage. Um, we can start with physicality. What do you think about the physicality piece and how it applies to what we're doing or what you're doing on a personal level? Yeah, I think first, uh, I want to start with the challenges. I think most people, um, certainly, you know, your, your, your neighbor next door, the, the person who is working, a nine of, working at nine to five, you know, at times it could be that one thing that they know they need to do, that they want to do, but it's so difficult to make that time for them to do it in a way where they can be consistent and show up consistently. So the physical piece is important because it, it, it's an opportunity for you to reflect, for you to challenge yourself, mm-hmm. uh, for you to make it a lifestyle. And and where I see people typically struggle is because they don't have a system in place. And that's where I've struggled in the past. Yeah. Um, and as you know, today, you know, I'm I'm in the gym. Uh, I'm I'm locked in now. I'm I'm definitely in flow, um, which is a great feeling. Yeah. And how um, long so, have you how long would you say you've been in that particular place in terms of physicality yeah so at this point so again I, i've i've always had a relationship with the gym yeah right starting with seventh eighth grade um but i always take it's a these, long relationship yeah it's a very long relationship and it's life it's lifelong yeah but at the same time i'll take these breaks mm-hmm. right and these breaks usually happen because of life and you're right you get a new job or you get um, you get something changes that yeah. kind of breaks flow. You take a vacation or, or now you're traveling for work and mm-hmm. then you had a good groove and now you went out, maybe had a couple of drinks and, you know, you're eating a full buffet and it just throws your entire rhythm off. Yeah. And now you have to kind of reset. So that's kind of what it's looked like for me. Um, but, I, you know, the great thing is I've always found my way back to the gym because I always, right, I don't think it's, it's it's a fixed thing. It's not something I'm born with. Mm-hmm. It's a decision that I make mm-hmm. that I made, and um, because I've had this relationship over time, I know what it feels like to to be my best self. Yeah. And whenever things are happening, and I feel like I'm in a more reactive state, and you know, you're getting one task after the next, mm-hmm. then it just becomes something like, oh my god, I need to take control. What can I do to give myself back in control that I need for me to get my 
mindset where it needs to be yeah. so I can now conquer the tasks that are presented. And for me, getting back to the gym, right? Keeping the main thing, the main thing yeah. is what worked for me. What about for you? Um, For me, it's just... I don't know if I have that that lifelong <laughs> love for the. I mean, gym. you play sports. You're in a magazine. Yeah, not, like, not magazine. The newspaper, um, local but newspaper. I for, feel like the gym was a yeah. the gym was a kind of like was a means to an end, right? I had a goal mm-hmm. beyond the gym, but the gym was helping me get there. And so, when you stop playing sports now, and you don't have that greater goal, what are you going to the gym for, right? And I think it took me a while to discover that you just go to your gym for for your health. As I've gotten older health has become more important. And my father used to always tell me, health is wealth, health is wealth, health is wealth, right? And it um, sounds like a cliche when you hear that. Like, yeah. I get that. Yeah. I know anything that rhymes and is like two syllables, I'm like, nah, forget about it. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was right, man. I mean, as, as I've gotten older, I realized that health truly is is wealth, right? Because even if you have all the money in the world, you won't be able to enjoy it if you, if you don't have health, right? If you're sitting in the right. hospital and you're making millions of dollars, it's all for not, at least all not for you. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. Now it goes to charities. And, yeah, and you know whoever you have as you know that bottom thirty three percent, whether it's family or or someone that you want to invest in their future. Yeah, and that's what that looks like, and and that could be a great thing. But at the same time, typically when people are putting their efforts. I would think they would want to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Yeah, exactly. At least for a little bit. At least for a little bit, man. I, I want to get yeah. the cash, enjoy it, and then and then somebody else can have it. I can pass it down to to other people. Right. Um, and so I, I've I've just gotten back to the gym. And what you were saying about you know how life takes over is very true. When I when I used to have just one job, you know, I was focused on just the job. I used to be able to go to the gym all the time because I only had two focuses in life: it was either work and gym. But then as you get more curious and start to explore the other things that you find enjoyable, you know, something has to go. It's almost like, you know, how phones fight for your time, right? If you're not on the mm-hmm. phone, you'd be doing something else. Uh, if you weren't on one app, you'd be on another app. Um, and so... Well, what, what do we call that? The infinity pool. The right? infinity pool. Yeah. It's not a good infinity pool. It's not the kind of infinity pool that you want to sit in all day. Not the one that you post on IG. Exactly. <laughs> Someone that creates anxiety, depression, <laughs> you know, lack of control because you're busy reacting to things that are feeding mm-hmm. what you think is that dopamine and, and that aspect of this feels good. I can distract myself. Mm-hmm. This is distracting and I don't have to worry and focus on the things that I know I need to do. Yeah. But over time, it doesn't go away and it builds these feelings of you not doing enough, not being enough. Yeah. Because yeah, now you fall into this place of comparison. Yeah. And it could be something pretty toxic. It could be something pretty toxic. And I try to do my best to stay away from those from those toxic activities. But I do find myself in the infinity pool where I just scrolling and scrolling, 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 yeah. scrolling. And that's and, and and that's, you know, you just have to kind of like pull yourself out um every now and then. So how do you what what is your technique? So let's 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 talk about what we do um to get ourselves out the infinity pool or to put a limit that allows us to be uh productive and not busy um i don't follow that many people so i usually just run out of stuff to look at <laughs> that's your strategy i keep the follow slow <laughs> you usually just run out of stuff to look at i get to a certain point i'm like 
Ah, it's just like the last one. Forget it. <laughs> and then I move on. <laughs> like a kid with a toy. But the, if I were to have a plan, let's say, you know, I have my social media set up in such a way that it's always feeding me something that I enjoy. The the thing, one of the strategies for time in general, right? Just time management in general that I like to employ is time boxing. And so mm-hmm. I don't get to do it all the time. But when I do get to do it, I find it that it provides relief for me. And so what How I does do, it work? Um, basically yeah. for any planned activity that I plan to do on that particular day, um, I, I, I set a time for it. So like um, I did this today for the work I had to do. I was out in San Francisco all last week. I knew that I had a lot of work to catch up on this week. And so yesterday I created a plan for these are the you know absolute top five things, six things that I need to do. And let me allocate the right amount of time so that I make sure I get them done. And so when that time comes, it helps me, just helps me budget, right? It helps me not allocate too much time to any one thing because just like you would in the infinity pool of social media, you can fall into that infinity pool of work, right? Where you're so focused on a task that you can't let go, even though you have other things that need your attention. And so by time boxing, you know, my my calendar goes off and says, hey, you have something else in 15 minutes that you need to focus your time on. So it does two things, right? It allows you to context switch with grace. You know what's coming, right? Yeah. Um, you're not kind of flustered. There's not random things being thrown your way. And then two, it allows you to get into that point where you get into like focus. So you know you have this hour. So that full hour is focused on this one thing. And those are two benefits that I really enjoy with with the time boxing strategy. But there's other strategies out there. I'm sure you got something that you employ to kind of help you manage your time. Yeah, so for me, you know, and I and so I, I move between techniques. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, my goal, there is one that I I want to make the rule over mm-hmm. time. When I'm I'm saying the next ten years, definitely gonna be my focus is the uh, uh, a book that was written by Robin Sharma, the Five A.M. Club. Yeah, and his rule is um, twenty minutes, twenty minutes, twenty minutes, twenty minutes. Right, twenty twenty twenty. So how does that um, work? And yeah, so essentially the first like you wake up. You know, 445, uh, 450. And then you you get yourself up to to break uh 20 minute 20 minute segments starting at 5 a.m. So the first 20 minutes you you spend that time doing some type of intense exercise. So for me, I have the Peloton, I'll get on a bike, or I'll, you know, run to the gym and you know, I'll do my pull-ups or I'll go outside, do my pull-ups, or hit the bench, depending on what the schedule is, if I know I have to leave and go into the city, um, then I'll most likely do something local in-house. But if I know if I can be, you know, remote and mm-hmm. I'll be, you know, physically here, then, you know, the from there, I'm either going to the gym um, and, and at, again, first 20 minutes, you yeah. have a song that you're listening to, a groove, a class, and then it's really to get you flowing, get your, your blood pumped up so that you can tell your body, hey, we're on go mode now. Yeah. So how strict are you on that on that twenty minutes? Is there room for leeway, or is twenty minutes like a guideline, or is it kind of like a hard rule that you follow in your implementation of of the five a.m. club? Yeah, it's more of um, if I want a sense of control and yeah. I want to use a system that has been proven and that many people can attest to of working and allowing them to get to this place of what we call deep work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I'll apply. Especially if I know, let's say if I have 
a, a week or a series of tasks or tasks where I know this needs to get done and I need my full mental capacity. Uh, so the best time for me to do that is early morning. Um, so then I'll just wake up early. I'll make the time. I'll get on the bike. I'll get the you know blood flowing. And then the next 20 minutes is reflecting on my goals or what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you could also... Uh, you know, use that time for prayer. So if you're spiritual, yeah, um, definitely using that time to, you know, read um, scripture or some type of reading that allows you to connect to, uh, you know, your, a higher power. Yeah. Um, is definitely important for me. Uh, something that I certainly apply. And then so, the last 20. Mm-hmm. So, in the, so even in this, in this first hour, you've already accomplished three things. So you've talked about, you've gotten some, you got a workout in, You've meditated, so you've done some self-reflection. So, so that's 40 minutes. I've only given you only the two. first okay. yeah, 40, 40 minutes. So the last 20 uh, from there would be learning a new skill okay. or the thing that I need to get done okay. or a head start on. So either you can use it for, you know, getting on, you know, Wall Street Journal if you want to get up to date on. So typically I'll go on business and technology, see, mm-hmm. you know, what trends that are out there, what things that are top of mind. Um, and for me, it makes sense. I work in big tech. So, you know, these things come up, these conversations, these, these ideas and these, you know, these headlines typically come up in conversation. So it allows me to understand how, you know, where we come into the picture and yeah. how I can essentially help them through something that could potentially be impacting the overall business and market. Right. So it helps me with my messaging. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's the that's the first hour there. Mm hmm. And is it is it just limited to the first hour? So once you got that first hour, is it the rest of the day also gets chopped up in these twenty minute intervals? Because you just only going from five o'clock to six o'clock, but that twenty minutes on each of those is very is very intentional, very practical, right? Because I I see over a period of time, especially when you think of like twenty one days, kind of makes a habit. You kind of have like an established the beginning of your day is these three things, and they're very. They're very powerful, right? I feel like these three things are like an accelerator. So there's like there's a couple of things that you do that after you do them, you can do everything else in the day, right? Like working out is exactly. one of those things. You feel like you've accomplished something, right? I would feel like, you know, reading um the word, whatever that may be to you, I feel like that's a powerful thing, right? You you kind of you fill your soul before you go out and into you work. Center yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then generally digesting something that you truly enjoy before you go to work is also helpful too. Because I, I feel like, and you can you can opine to, and let me know if you feel the same way at any point. I like that word. Yeah, that's very That's nice. it, I'm, I'm improving the mental. <laughs> <laughs> you can opine at any point and let me know if you feel the same way about this, is oftentimes when I, when I go to work and I haven't done anything for myself in that day, I feel antsy to get to the end of the day so I could do something for myself that I truly enjoy. And I, and I couldn't place anything on it for a while until I started I started getting up early and started doing things before I went to work. Um, so, like, I started going to the gym, and I'm like, man, I feel great. Like, I, I did something for myself before I went ahead and did something for someone else, right? Yeah, and I just wanted to say on that piece, right, it depends, right? Because the 5 a.m. club, mm-hmm. it is recommended if you see yourself as someone that can become a morning person. No. And again, I don't believe things as being fixed. Yeah, I definitely believe like if you really will yourself to a particular mindset or action, mm-hmm. it can be done. 
But let's speak to the other side, right? The the, the other group of people is like, hey, I'm not waking up at 5 a.m., bro. I don't know. You're bugging. And yeah, you need to. That it, I'm glad that works for you. But yeah. It's not happening over here, right? Whether it's because of work schedule mm-hmm. or, right, family um, and different, just different things that are coming up that doesn't make it real mm-hmm. and realistic, then, you know, you have your night owls, yeah. right? So it really just comes down to what works for you. Yeah. And you could use use that same technique at night. For me, realistically speaking, after a certain time, you know, I'm tired. Like, you, you know, there's there's no reading. And if, I, <laughs> if I'm sleeping, like if I'm trying to pray, there's yeah. a good chance I'm going to fall asleep as I'm doing it. So I'm not giving my best self to this particular a uh, 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 routine that I, uh, um, yeah, this routine that I'm looking to yeah. establish. I'm gonna so, interject. I'm gonna interject here, and that because I just want to, <laughs> I just want to reflect on that sleeping while praying. I remember this when we were kids <laughs> at the church. <laughs> I can guarantee you, my parents are probably gonna kill me for this. You know, seventy percent of the time, if I was on my hands and knees, I was knocked out. Knocked out. <laughs> Because, you know, especially at Haitian churches, yeah. they can pray and they'll go, mm-hmm. you know, for a good 20, 30 minutes. So for me, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm locked in and I'm out cold and somebody's going to have to tap me on my shoulder to yeah. get me back up. Usually, or unless you have a good groove of, of sleeping and they get back up, when you feel the motions <laughs> around you, people get back up. Yeah. Like, all right. That's exactly how there, You typically could... get that last corner seat so you can put your head on the wall and they... <laughs> <laughs> you have all these different segues to just get you asleep. That's great. I mean, you can feel the crowd get up. That's that's what usually would trigger me. You start feeling other chairs start clanking next to you, and then because nobody want to feel left out, right? Exactly. You don't want to be the only ones. <laughs> but part of it is nobody trained you. It's like you going from zero to a hundred. A thirty minute prayer is a long prayer. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You got to find thirty minutes of stuff to um, be thankful for and ask for. And, you know, be gracious about and be, you know, just have that conversation with um, with God. But they don't, you know, they don't, there's no shooting in the gym before that happens. You just throw it out into yeah, the court. Right in, yeah. <laughs> and, go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so if we had a little more training, I, I feel like it'd be a little beneficial, but um, it ended up. And there is, a, and there are tactics and techniques, right? So mm-hmm. even like this past Sunday, uh, my pastor, right, go Jubilee Boston. Yeah, he he spoke on that specifically. Like, right, there's times where his father was like a considered like a prayer warrior, so mm-hmm. he would pray for like four hours. I'm like, how do you even pray for four hours? But he has a technique where it's right the first the first couple you're just saying thank you, mm-hmm. right, and and you're just referring to you know the heavenly father and all the various names. Right, he's a provider, he's a healer, mm-hmm. um, he's he's the person that 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 creates everything new mm-hmm. and can restore and then when you learn this and then from there you go into the people connected to you right and 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 being grateful for them and then you know sending you know prayer and love and protection and all those great things yeah in their direction right because sometimes people are in, in the season they don't get to do those prayers for themselves so you you you, you pray on their behalf mm-hmm. um, just because they might be in a tumultuous time so it's not really top of mind for them um, and then from there, you just you like he has his way of going through it. But it really comes down to understanding systems. Yeah. And I think it's really important. Um, and it comes back to um, 
back to like what we were talking about with NASA, right? For yeah. him to have this system of physical, spiritual, social, mental, it gives you a frame of how to approach this, what we understand as a balanced life, yep. right? Um, so I think that's very important. And I know we, ta- we talked on the physical piece now, and we, we just talked about the spiritual, but we didn't really, you know, unpack that and dive into that. So what does the spiritual piece look like for you? And where would you say, what would a spiritual journey look like for someone who hasn't really tapped into that? And, um, and I think are looking different. to... I think it's different for understanding. I think it's different for each and every person, right? Your your relationship with 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 that higher power is going to be different for whatever you believe in. For me personally, it definitely needs some improvement. I've been working on it though. Um over the years just finding ways to incorporate it in your life. And and it goes back to like doing those things before you get into work, right? I find it easiest to do it in the morning before I get into work dive into the word and that will give me a, it, one it does two things it gives me a good base for the rest of the day whatever yeah. bad decisions i was about to make that day is usually trumped by whatever i listen yeah. to in the morning, I, I, right? I must agree same same <laughs> for me you're not alone on that that's and true and so that's that's one of the benefits for me it's just like you know it it, it gives me that um you if you know better you do better so i know yeah. better because i just listened to it this morning so i'm gonna do better for the rest of the day and so that's how I've been trying to improve that spiritual journey. But, you know, that's just something, you know, how we talked about last week where your physicality can be up here, your social could be at a particular level, your spiritual could be at a particular level, your mental could be at a particular level. They'll never always be 100% full and one will be lacking more than the other. I think that's yeah. an area where I need to improve where it's lacking more than than the other areas. And one thing I've learned, um, when, when you know you have this area that is not as strong as the other areas in your life. Mm-hmm. What can you do at that point? If, if you know something needs to be done and action needs to be taken, what do you do? So for me, right, you find someone who is strong in that. Um, what are your thoughts on that? That's one of the ways to do it. That's an amazing way to do it too. Cause you share the experience. A lot of times when we, I think when we get hung up on, I have a weakness in a particular area. We always, at least for for me, I can say this is like a kind of like a male thing. We always look inward first. It's almost like, oh, I'm not strong enough. I'm going to go to the gym by myself so I can get stronger before I, I demonstrate to anybody else that this is what yeah, I'm doing, right? True. I want to do it yeah. by myself first and then expose it to other people. But oftentimes what we'll realize is there's a reason that you're weak in that. That is not your talent or your aptitude. So bringing somebody else along is actually sometimes what you need to get to that next level. What you're going to have to give up, though, is a little bit of that pride, and you're going to have to eat some of that humility to get there. Um, yeah, and I true. and I definitely I try to incorporate that. M- my spiritual warrior in my life is you know is my dad. You know when whenever I feel like um, I'm not there, I don't even have to ask him for anything. I just got to pick up the phone, and he's going to drop it in the conversation. Yeah, and he's going to hold me accountable. And then with um, that wisdom, with yeah. the wisdom, he's going to hold me accountable because he's not just going to tell me. He's going to be like, so what are you doing? And I'm going to look at him and be like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to have that conversation and sometimes that's all you need, right? Depending on the person you are. Some people need to get pushed a little further. For me, I just need to be backed up in the corner in some way, shape or form. I'm like, ah, oh, cool. I got I to gotta change something up. 
Um, and so having that person to bounce ideas off of is, is what really works works for me. I like the fact that you brought up, you know, using other people as an anchor, I think is really great. But you can also try to do it by yourself too. Some people are self-motivated like that in particular areas. Um, so that may work. What about yourself? Yes, for me, uh, I think, right, there's that level of typically the perception if this person is a prayer warrior or has this mm-hmm. cadence that makes them a church person or a spiritual person, like, all right, that person's winning in that category. Yeah. It goes back to what you said. Like, uh, I feel like I got to get to a certain point before we could talk. Or you automatically think, hey, dude, I've I've made all these type of decisions. Like, I can't even share with you, like, what I've gone through. And it's, I don't even feel like we could relate. We're not and, like, I would yet. love to for us to build a relationship, but Mm -hmm. I don't see us having any conversation that are relatable. And then, right. You assume that the person that is, that is executing in that space at that level and showing up that way, didn't have any struggles or things or challenges that they had to work through. Right. But I think innately we make that decision for them and then you kind of keep people arm's length and then it kind of takes away from um, you getting fed that mm-hmm. that that spiritual bread that you need for you to get to wisdom, yeah. right? Um, and you know we were all created to be in communities to not do things alone, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. Uh, so it's tough. So for me, you know, I'll definitely I'll talk to you know my dad. You know, as you know, he's a pastor, uh, but sometimes he'll he'll he'll, he'll hit me hard with this stuff. Yeah, your dad hit hard. Your dad does yeah, not. Yeah, like he's like straight this. up. <laughs> You talk about I'm like, I, I'm like exactly. <laughs> I'm like, hold up, Dad. I think somebody's calling me. I'm gonna talk to you later. <laughs> you know, so you know, there's there's a season like when my dad comes to visit. Yeah, you know, we you know in person. There's you know, especially me now. You know, growing up, have been able to get through several different challenges up to this point, and he's seen it. You know, for me to gain wisdom, not only in grace but in just 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 me understanding yeah. that you know challenges are always going to exist um so for me you know he'll just give me like readings and scriptures mm-hmm. and books to study um to help me you know learn to make these decisions and how to think right yeah. um so he'll he'll really work on the thinking aspect um because he's like hey I'm not going to always be here to to help you so That's real. you know he he wants his his aim is to ensure that I can fish myself to feed myself and then be the example that can, you know, feed my son and and, and the people who are looking to yeah. to connect with, you know, the higher power in that way. Um, but the other thing I do is, you know, my, my brothers, you know, yourself, um, you know, Pierre, um, you know, the Sinatra family, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty transparent, right? The guys will tell you, yeah. Yeah, but he's not the guy that holds any blows. I'll tell you as it is, he's but I'll creed, also be that guy. too. <laughs> <laughs> you know so i'll be that guy that will t- tell it as it is but yeah. at the same time i'll be vulnerable when i'm wrong I'll, I'll say i'm wrong and then when i say like hey i think this is a good time or an opportunity for us to get together and pray and connect and affirm each other and and, and speak life into what we want to see moving forward mm-hmm. um i always keep my brothers accountable we'll ask critical questions like we'll challenge each other to make sure that you know, like this is typically what you're used to. Maybe people don't approach you and have these conversations with you because of their relation, re, relational dynamics. Mm-hmm. But like, 
I would not be your brother if I couldn't talk to you this way or or bring these particular things to attention that are clear at a certain point. Yeah. You know, so I think it's important to have, again, and that's that 33%, right? The guys who are moving in the direction where, you know, they're also looking to connect and guys are going to be at different levels, maybe further along in that journey. And, it's, and that's great. Yeah. You know, but o- always finding the opportunity in that space for us to connect and be able to be vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, and, and it no, seems you, you, it just seems like um, it's a good, like, you can't do the spiritual without the social. Like, they kind of blend together. And you may be true. stronger in some parts than the others. But, you know, oftentimes when I think about spiritual, too, it's something to be shared. Right? You can do a lot of stuff by yourself. But what I, as I've gotten older, I've realized it is something to truly be shared, right? Um, it's not enough yeah. to contain all of that to yourself. You need a community. You need something to kind of fill you up and then you can fill somebody else's cup. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's part of what love is, you know, and that's part of what, you know, religion is. Christianity is built around this sense of community and helping others out, <clears throat> not just by yeah. through works, but also through um, through spirituality and, and helping and helping people out. So I, I guess, right. I mean, now we're at the social piece, right? Yeah. We're looking at the PSSM, so at the social. So now... What if you're in a group of that that really isn't, you know, thinking in a way to maybe sacrifice some things that they were comfortable with, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, you know, we typically, you know, we're, you know, macho, cheesemo, um, and <laughs> is it macho cheesemo? But yeah, you know, there's like a typical, you know, there's something that you're known for, or yeah. you have this uh, aura or this um, uh, reputation within your groups. And now, as you're trying to advance and and move forward and like really walk on this path to gain more wisdom, it could potentially conflict with the type of conversations you typically have with your brothers, um, with, with your friends. Um, so, how is there a strategy? Is there a system? Or, you know, because you're typically here, like, sometimes you just got to cut people off, yeah. right? Because, you know, if that's not something that they're looking to do, then all it does is introduce risk for the journey that you're looking to be on to create yeah. this life unmeasured. Yeah. So, I think that question that you asked, though, touched a lot of different things. And, and I'll try my best to answer some of them or what I remember from from it. Uh, I, the one thing is, like, you're trying to you're trying to overcome is your pride. Right. When you get into situations yeah. where people are not listening to you and you feel like they have no value because they're not doing the same thing as you. Um, there's a level of pride that you have and, and belief that what you're doing is the correct thing. And what mm. you're doing may be the correct thing for you. But often oftentimes we'll find that what's good for me is not good for everybody. Right. And that's yeah. what makes it good for you because it's specific to you. Generally, I like to treat everything with love. You know what I mean? I, I try to I like that. I try to separate the consequence from the person. So if I feel jaded by you, right, I may not talk to you for a little bit, but if if push came to shove and you really needed me for something, you know, I might step up. I'll most likely step up, right? Because there's a level of love and respect um, and relationship there that just can't that be ignored. That will always be there. Yeah, that will yeah. always be there, right? No matter what what our current season is. Uh, I, I like to, and I generally challenge myself to always remember. Unless... Unless oh, that person is, crazy. <laughs> is someone who is bringing leech energy or is mm-hmm. someone that constantly 
brings toxicity, mm-hmm. that becomes something where you have to make some critical decisions. Yeah. I mean, even for the toxic people, right? You 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 deal with them in a certain way that is comfortable for you. Sometimes somebody needs to be needs to latch on to you for a little bit. They need they need that person to guide them because they're in a place where they can't they can't guide themselves. Almost like children, right? I mean, I think you sent me something the other day, or I must have read something um where it's like, you know, that baby's recording you for the first seven years of his life. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that person or, you know, that individual definitely needs you for that particular point in time. And so you might have to carry them for a little bit. Um, and there's other times where you have to show tough love. You just really have to demonstrate that here are the rules. Here are my rules. Um, this is what you, what's going to happen if you don't follow them. And this is what will happen when you do follow them. And if you've, you know, carefully laid those out and it was such a way that the other person understands or that you've made it abundantly clear to yourself that you've echoed that message a bunch of times, then then you can handle it that way. There's no perfect answer. There's no perfect answer to any relationship, right? I think that's a fallacy when people are like, I got the answer to your relationship, or you should do this, or you should do that, because the dynamic is always is always fluid. Um, yeah, and you found something that worked for you. Doesn't doesn't necessarily mean it'll work for, for other people. There's some things yeah. that are you know common sense, even though common sense is not common. But then every in most situations, I feel like there are some there's a little bit of nuance to it that needs to be considered by the person who's actually in the situation. You can all you can always offer advice, but that person needs to be able to digest that advice, take the parts that are meaningful, and then apply them. Yeah, they have to want that advice too, right? You can't. Offer advice where it's not wanted because well, then they it always becomes. Have to want it. You know, I, I feel like we've been in situations yeah, where they want it, and you was, yeah. you was like, you was hit me with the creed too. <laughs> but sometimes they need it. That's, I think there's a yeah. difference between when they want the advice and when you, as a good friend or as a good mentor, as a good counterpart to them, give it to them even though they don't want it because you know they need it, right? Do you know that but they're I, in a place where they they need that advice? That's true, but I think part of that is when you're coming from a place of love. And I think people can read that. And sometimes if someone's in a season, yeah. they may not feel that. But if you know you're coming from a place of love, mm-hmm. then that's when it becomes appropriate, whether, you know, it's tough love, you know, and or just the love that is like, hey, this is what you got to do. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to keep in mind because how you move, what you do doesn't only impact you, it impacts the people connected to you. Yeah. And what you don't want to do is leave your gift on the table, leave money on the table when you could be maximizing and optimizing what it is for you to be you on this earth as a genuine, uniquely made person. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to surround yourself with people who have the mental. Because if you're getting a fire hose of information from somebody who doesn't, you know, have their head on right, a little bit is that gonna is gonna leak into that. Is going to leak into you, right? And so you want to make sure that you're surrounded by people who are knowledgeable, who have EQ, IQ, mixture of both, common sense. You know, you want the whole gamut. You just you just mentioned something that I think we can just glaze over really quickly, right? IQ versus EQ, and do we really need to achieve a fifty-fifty balance? Or does one need to show up more than the other for it to be something that creates genuine atmosphere or genuine connection? 
I think it's hard to have a, a, yeah, that's... an equal balance of both. I mean, first of all, you can't even measure it. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, uh, yeah, it's never going to be perfect, right? Because especially when you're dealing with people, my definition of EQ between our experiences might be different than somebody else that you had an experience with, right? Because they may see you in a certain light. They may have different norms or expectations of you that when they say, oh, you know, buddy's EQ is, they had to put a number on it, 10. And then I'm like, no, I think his EQ is 50. It may just be because we had different experiences with you, right? So they don't feel like you're yeah, reading them that's true. Um, very well. But <clears throat> I think EQ is one of those things where you just get a feeling for, right? There's some people when they talk or when they speak, you kind of feel like that magnitude, right? Because not only are they talking in words, they're also talking with their body. They're talking in such a way that is resonating with you. And you find that they're able to multiply that across different people, then generally you'll probably say that person has good EQ. And some people have that magic ability to say, um, or to just move people in such a way, talk to people in such a way that they they truly do understand. And that comes out in their speech, their language, how they communicate. So that could be like your Martin Luther Kings or your Tony Robbins yes, or exactly. your JF Kennedy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great way to think about it, right? Because you have those people who are like they're not Harvard graduates, but they're able to move massive amounts of people because of their high level of EQ. When you talk about your Martin Luther Kings, when you talk about your Tony Robbins, when you're talking about your musicians too, like they're able to yeah. move people based off of a certain feeling, right? They understand what people want to feel, and they they use that to do great things. And then you have your Albert Einstein's. You have your Bill Gates. You have your Nikola Tesla. Yeah. Yep. You have your Nikola Teslas. You have your Leonardo da Vinci's. Those are people who have just a tremendous amount of IQ and they're able to change the world in special ways. Um, and so both of them are valuable. I don't think any one person has a huge amount of both. I don't think any genius has great EQ and I don't think any person who has great EQ is necessarily a genius, um, but they have a a good enough balance for them to achieve great things. So I have a question for you. And I think some of our listeners would have the same question. What if I want to develop my EQ? Is there a system or what could I do? Right. Again, I may not hit it out the park the first couple of times, but again, I am on a journey on this unmeasured journey and I have to measure how I do things. What could I potentially do to either improve my EQ if I feel like my IQ is where it needs to be or vice versa? Man, if I had that answer, I would definitely sell it. I would definitely sell the book (laughs) on how to improve your EQ. (laughs) But if you ask me for for general advice, you're like, hey, Derek, I mean, the same way you're asking me, you know, what, what can I do to increase my EQ? I'd probably say, listen. Listening, intentionally listening, you know, and listening before you speak, I think is a hard practice. It's easier said than done. Because it really is. Oftentimes what happens is as somebody's speaking, you're looking to respond, right? So you're focused on that that edge moment, right? That last three seconds that they said so you can give a response. But deep listening is like when you're listening and you're not looking to respond until they kind of give you some indication that they're ready for you to speak. So someone who does that really well, an example would be like Oprah, right? We know she does the interviews 
and mm-hmm. how she, you know, when she's connecting with all these various different people who come from all different walks of life, she's sitting there and and she's really understanding where that person is, mm-hmm. right, in their story and how it relates to this, the outcome that they're looking to present yeah. to listeners. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a skill that she's developed over a long period of time to be able to disseminate what people are saying in their words, right? And not really just, yeah. she has a, the innate ability to not just take what's on the surface, but to kind of find what's underneath and pull that out. Because that's when you get amazing, that's when you get amazing revelation. That's when you get amazing conversation. The ah moments, as they would those say. Those ah moments, yeah. When somebody's talking and you know they're saying something, but they may not know that they're saying it. And then you're able to reach in and pull it out, right? And yeah. say, okay, this is what you really want to say, or this is what you really want to talk about. And they're like, that's exactly what it is. It's those moments that, you know, those are enlightening. You get, a, you know, that little rush that like, yeah, we got here together. We got here to find a, a common solution or to find a common topic that we just really wanted to talk about. Um, and that's powerful. That's really powerful. So going back to answering your question, if you really want that EQ, I think listening is, is just one of those powerful tools that you can use to really learn from people and, and practice. And to add to that, yeah. right, I think as you're listening, ask for feedback, right? How can you apply that technique in a way that allows you to measure and grow over time? Mm-hmm. Ask the person, hey, is this what I heard? I heard this. Am I in line with what you were saying or the message that you were presenting to me? Right. So now you you create this open feedback loop that allows you to see and track where you are in the conversation with that person. That's very smart. Um, that's yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's that's a very good tactic. I don't think I don't practice that enough. I'll tell you that much. I don't practice that enough. I, I do try to deep listen, but I find myself rarely asking the other person, Hey, this is a little checkpoint, you know, am I on track with, with what you're saying? I think that's a powerful tool that you're giving out there. Somebody should probably be paying you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you know, on the Unmeasured Show, you know, our goal is to share this information. It's free at the current moment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, that's awesome. So I I definitely want us to, you know, wrap up with the the final, the M, right? So we, we covered physical. Yeah spiritual, social. Now there's the mental aspect. Um, and right, there's, and right, we can say we touched on that to an extent with the IQ piece. Yeah. yeah EQ, IQ conversation. Um, but what are some ways or techniques or tools that we could um, hopefully suggest and provide to our listeners for them to ensure that they're mental? Because especially with we're living in the most uncertain, you know, time compared to all the previous with COVID. Mm-hmm. And as you see, companies are laying off people by the by the boat, mm-hmm. you know, in waves. And these people have to perform and show up anyway, right, to their family, yeah. to their friends, um, to a job that they may not necessarily feel compelled to be in, but they have to be in. So how can they sharpen their mental sword mm-hmm. so they can then, you know, navigate and get to where they need to be so that they can feel 
you know, that satisfaction and, and, and just that aspect of feeling that they're moving in their purpose. I think, your thoughts there? I think this one is a lot easier to answer. And I think you've echoed this a bunch of times where you talk about, you know, the at-bats, um, the 10,000 hours. And I think, especially coming from a Caribbean family, that's our philosophy. We're going to brute force this thing. We, 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 are, we are going to brute force this thing. We are going to put hours and hours and hours and hours until we get it. Um, and that's my general philosophy. I'm going to keep it short, simple, sweet. And you may have something to add on top of that. But for the IQ piece, it's really just a, how many hours am I going to put into learning this particular thing? I'm talking about real hours. I'm not talking about TV in the background hours. I'm talking about I'm focused mm, on you just you just hit someone's entire <laughs> strategy. Like, ah, oh, this is it. It's not working. That's what he's telling you. Yeah. It is very hard to concentrate on two things at once. Uh and I've tried it. You know, I've I've tried to match people's um multitasking skills and I'm not very good That's at it. That's not a real thing, you know. <laughs> You know, people talk to and yeah, maybe you feel like you're doing something, but you're not you're not there in a way that allows you to lead towards being this path of being an expert or being productive. You're now more so checking the box of being busy versus productive. Exactly. Exactly. And I think you hit it right on the head. You're busy rather than be productive. So when I'm talking about those hours or that level of effort that you're putting in is dedicated hours. And I think the more and more, two things will happen. You'll fall in love with the process because it's going to be repetitive, right? It's going to be something that you're going to, you're going to start getting used to. It's going to start releasing dopamine. It's going to be like, oh, I can't wait to go do X, Y, Z because you're starting to see the benefit. Um, And it'll become a habit, right? You know, the more and more you do it, it'll become a habit. And then naturally, Nasser hit on this last week too. You know, most, you know, the name of the game is to continue to learn, right? Um, you it's may not ever game. be the best. You may not ever be the best, but you always will be, you'll never be behind, right? You will be around that general area where the best, you know, reside because you, you've put in those hours and you've, you've, you've made that sacrifice. And so if you can continue to do that, I think your IQ should shoot through the roof. Yeah. And there's the other saying connected to that, mm. right? It's easier to keep up than to catch up. Mm. So you choose where you want to be, you know, and that's all understanding when there's something that you need to be doing, be there. Yeah. If not, there's a good chance you're going to have to go back. Well, what, what did they say? Well, mm-hmm. you know, can't send me the recording and double time. And I, yeah, double time. For and what? that's where the anxiety comes because now you compound the tasks that need to be done because mm-hmm. you were multitasking (laughs) or not doing anything at all that's basically what that is exactly exactly yeah so i think that was awesome that was awesome um we definitely hit a ton of different points and we hope that you know to you as listeners um found it very helpful and 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 understood you know the point of what it means to show up in these different categories right physically just to be there um, in the gym, uh, physically working on that muscle, mm-hmm. um, whether it's reading or working out, whatever that thing is for you on your journey to, to be there. And then spiritually, right, having faith, understanding that there's going to be an aspect of things that you cannot control. Um, so how do you affirm yourself? How do you how do you double tap and, and, and pour 
wisdom or pull the knowledge that you need for you to make wiser decisions over time. And then the social aspect, how do you continue to do your checks and balances of how you spend your time and who you spend it with and and the outcome that comes from that all those various relationships around you? And then the mental piece, understanding that if if your mind is not in the right place, then one thing, you're not going to be there for yourself yeah. and you're not going to be able to execute the way you need to. But then the other thing is you're not going to be able to execute and show up for the people that you work with, that you serve, that you connect with. So to be love. there, you got to be here. Oh, I love that. To be there, you got to be here. Put that on a t-shirt. Put that Let's on a go. t-shirt. I'll measure life. Yes, I'll so measure that, life. So I think that brings us to affirmations. The affirmations, yeah. You know, since we're keeping track, because I didn't forget what you did. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go first. All right, all right. So my affirmation for this week is, I am mobile. Um, the reason I bring that up is one: this week is definitely going to be a heavy. Uh, a week with, with me being on a road. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely going to be traveling. Um, we have some training in the office and then we're hosting an event at Gillette Stadium on Thursday. Um, so okay. that's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of activities, customers that we're connecting with and just all the knowledge. Um, so I'm going to be moving physically in a car. I'm going to be moving physically around people in a venue. I'm going to be moving physically and mentally in a way that allows me to be present and then also to to now use that movement to create momentum for the relationships that that exist there so right yeah. to continue to build that rapport so mobile is definitely the the vehicle that I'm I'm in right now and and I am affirmed in that and I'm feeling good because you know what they say rather to keep it moving than to be still and mm-hmm. to go back yeah. What about yeah. for you? Um, I'm, I'm one. I'm regretting that I let you go first because mobile would have been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think because I'm gonna have. I had the same kind of idea where I'm gonna have a busy week and I need to do multiple things. Uh, so now you gotta I'm, find a different word, or it could be the same. Nah, there's no, there's no rule. Mm, you're not gonna live it now. <laughs> Don't let that pride get yeah, away. For this week, I'm flexible. I'm going to be flexible this week. I have a bunch of commitments coming up. Need to find a new apartment. Um, going to Houston uh, this weekend. Um, nice. You know, podcast work that we've been doing. We've been diligent with the podcast work, so that's a main priority. Uh, I got I got um, performance reviews I need to do. So this week, I'm going to have to be flexible, not only with my time, but with my effort, with my energy. And so I'm going to have to toss it in a couple of different places. So flexibility like is what's going to be required of me. Right on. Yeah. You know what they say, adapt and then attack. Uh, you're full of these. You you might have to drop a little book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if we drop a book, we're going to do it together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's only right, for uh, sure. I'm going to have to put, I'm going to have to get you to do that writing because you're the one with all the quotes. <laughs> 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 but with that, let's hit it. <laughs>